Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time, it's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. better than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast it's joe marino and kyle krabs we're your host chris schuber back again floating around producing this thing we're all from the draft network and we're brought to you by bet online the number one spot for all your sports wagering information the rams and bills play tonight maybe you want to get in on the action the nfl season opens you know fully on sunday plenty of great opportunities to check out bet online college football and they've got everything. They've got Major League Baseball, tennis, golf, esports, combat sports, Vegas casino games. You name it, they have it on a super easy to use website. It's available on your desktop or your mobile super device. Easy. Check it out. Sign up today. You'll get a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code Believe fifty. That's B L E A V five zero. It's bet online, and it's where the game starts. Kyle, happy National Iguana Awareness Day to you. Iguana awareness today. I, I thought for sure you were either going to go with National School Picture Day or mm. Ampersand Day today on the show. No, the thing about the iguanas, man, I think I'll, I spent a, a lot of time thinking about when it gets cold in Florida and they, and just, they just fall, fall out, out of trees. trees. Bro, I, I, I can't live in that world. I can't live in a world creatures. where I'm just I'm just navigating the streets of, of Southern Florida and there's a chance that an iguana is going to fall on my head. Um. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Do you know what an ampersand is? Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, one of those. Do, do it with your finger. Do it with your finger on the camera. Bro, you, I, I, I can show you it on my keyboard. It's, it's, it's the and sign, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. I'm very proud of you. Can we just call it an and sign? It's like unnecessarily um, complicated. That... I believe it is the seven button on your keyboard. Yeah, that's I was, correct. I was looking down at it. I'm like, oh, man, I don't know where it's, it's at. It's here somewhere. I don't ever use it. <laughs> Listen, happy uh, first ever TDN roster power rankings day today Ooh. as well, by the way. Yeah. This is a very, day. very cool, very cool thing that we've done this summer. Um, and we wanted to talk about it here today on the show and kind of let everybody know, hey, this this is a thing that exists. And, and we can get into some of the rankings. Um, but wanted to, to also talk about the process that's involved. So throughout the course of the summer, we not only scouted all the college eligibles, uh, we studied all 32 NFL teams and their offseason rosters, and then they cut it down to 53, and we refined it. Uh, but it, it's putting players in tiers, right? And you can be uh, any number of different tiers uh, within your respective position. Those include elite roster cornerstones, quality starters, adequate starters, rookies, and incomplete evaluations. Uh, replacement level players, quality depth players, practice squad caliber players, and non-roster NFL caliber players. Try to leave the buckets big enough that you could justify putting anybody in in a bucket. Uh, But what we did is we tried to find a methodology to score and value players at positions uh, and then put weights for positional value. And those are mirroring the... uh, 
franchise tag and transition tag values, uh, the order in which those run from cost descending order, most expensive to least expensive, uh, kind of dictated how important we weighted the positions themselves. But we came up with effectively a grand total for the 53-man rosters that all of the teams have assembled. And it's really cool because it gives us a chance to say, hey, this is not all-inclusive. This is not all-encompassing. It doesn't count for schedule. doesn't count for travel. doesn't count for injuries. doesn't count for coaching. But just how you assemble the team, here's what we think about what you have coming into the season. Yes, it was... What was fun about this, Kyle, is as we went through the summer, like everybody picked like one team a week from their respective region, and you kind of did the deep dive on the film, and you knew that you were going to um, designate uh, the player, right? Each Mm -hmm. player based on what bucket you felt they fit into. But we didn't actually know what the end result was going to be. We didn't know that this was going to turn into this massive behind-the-scenes project you've kind of put together uh, to be the forward-facing component of this work. And so I, I love that we didn't know that because I think it gave us a, a really objective opportunity to just tell us what the film – or put down what the film tells us based right. on studying these players. Right, yeah. And that's – um, it's really cool to see. And this will be – this is dropping today over at draftnetwork.com. And the roster assessment – value sheet that all three of us are looking at right now on our individual screens will be the top featured graph uh, in the story. So you can see from ascending to descending order, the rank of the 32 teams, and then each blurb will talk about why the team scored where they did. And it actually gives you like a per position group breakdown of where each team is getting their value that feeds into the cumulative total across their quarterback room, their skill players, their offensive line, their defensive line, their linebackers, their defensive backs, and their special teams players. And all of those individual rooms are, again, weighted for positional value in accordance of um, how the league covets those positions and adds up to your grand total. And um, if you have elite starters, you're obviously getting the maximum number of points. If you have replacement level players, uh, you're having, uh, quite frankly, a reduction uh, versus a net zero. Uh, your adequate level starters, you know, it's it's scaled. Where the better you, the better the bucket you're in, the more points you're going to get out of a maximum number of points, and that counts for all 52 players on every single roster, and then adds up to what we see here and what you will see when you visit the Drive Network to see the actual power rankings themselves. So, um, can I get specific with something that stands out to me about just like the visual representation of the graph? Yes, absolutely. So you mentioned how when people get a chance to look at this, they're going to see where teams get their value. And as somebody, I don't know that I'm one of those people that like says I'm like super visual, but I I do agree that a lot of times it helps me when I look at this graph and you mentioned, you know, weighted towards the the positions that the league tells us they care about with how they pay the players, you know, quarterbacks are going to matter a ton in this and, and two rosters in particular that score pretty high in our process here are the Miami Dolphins and the Philadelphia Eagles, but they're not getting their weight from the quarterback position, right? Like 
actually not very good at all in terms of where their quarterback value is. But those two teams have done such a great job of filling out the rest of it that they're kind of towards the the top, you know, certainly top 40%, right? Top half uh, for both of those teams, despite not necessarily us having a, f- a favorable outlook on their quarterback position as it stands today. Yeah, so this again was a snapshot of where your players are at entering into this season, right? And I'm glad that you made the observation that you did with the quarterbacks for both Philadelphia and Miami, because that's was, as I'm writing all of the player blurbs, uh, tier one, like, is the first five rosters. I mean, you can kind of see on the graph, if you're looking at the very left those first five, there's kind of a clear separation from the 27.75 to 25.32, and then the drop to 23.82. Like that 23.82, and I, I guess I can can spoil this. Here's the Kansas City Chiefs. They they come in sixth. Uh, they are the first team in tier two, and tier two runs from Kansas City through. Uh, the 21-1, the Cleveland Browns. So there's a, a group of teams in there. And as I'm writing these commentaries, the observation that I make is there are two teams in Tier 1 and Tier 2 that are not in the top half of the league in their quarterback rooms as they stand right now. Philadelphia stacks 18th in the league, and Miami's is tied for 19th. So, I mean, here, we, we can, I can do it for you right here. And, and people at home will not have the ability to do this, but we can. Uh, let's say we remove quarterbacks oh, from wow. the equation. Jeez, Kyle, and now we is, resort it. Look at the control panel you got over there, man. Right. Uh, nobody else can appreciate what I just saw, but um, man, Kyle's not a math guy, but 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 friggin' I'm an ex- uh, I'm a spreadsheet guy. Spread <laughs> the spreadsheet, man. It uh, man, that was I'll tell you that was impressive. so. If you remove quarterbacks from the equation, mm. Miami and Philadelphia are both top seven rosters. Yeah, with the rest and- of what they have assembled. Yeah, I think that checks out too. Like, and that's what gives us pause with both teams, right? I mean, what's a quarterback going to be like? But you, you like their opportunity. They're going to find out, right? They're, I think the the Dolphins and Eagles will will feel good about knowing what they have in Tua and Jalen Hurts this season, right? And that's that's again, that's the whole point of this exercise. Is this this is not strictly a NFL power rankings of this mm-hmm. is how these teams are guaranteed to do this year. Mm-hmm. But this is more a reflection of how well you have positioned yourself to compete this year based on what you've assembled and where your talent collects. Let me ask you a question. Because Tier 3 runs through uh, the Patriots of the last team in Tier 3, and that's a little over half the league. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you have from Carolina down through the last place team, which, you know, we'll, we'll get into some of these teams a little bit. So the, the New York Giants scored 32nd out of 32 and should not be a surprise when you hear Joe Shane talk about, we're just trying to get through today. Yeah. The hand, <laughs> with hand, we're dealt, the hand we're dealt, we're trying to get through today. Like that's right. what he said about expectations right. this year. So, so literally, uh, the, the Giants came in last in this exercise for the talent that they have assembled. And it is important to note that players who are listed as incomplete evaluations and players who are listed as rookies are a zero score. So they don't move the needle up. They mo- don't move the needle down. So you might be a really promising player who flashed big time as a rookie last year. But you might you might still be a net zero. So there are some teams in here that have a lot of upward and downward mobility based on how their young players, like the New York Jets, 
I think the Jets are a great example of a team who have a lot of rookies and a lot of young players. They don't score particularly well in this because they have a lot of players that are a net zero. It's not because they don't have talent. It's because we we their sample size is too small for us to definitively say what they are yet. Okay, so do you have buttons that you can push that shows us which teams have the most net zero players in prominent roles to like to give us that variance, right? Because I think that's where it gets interesting. Like when you talk about range of outcomes for a team, it's it's contingent on those players that we don't know enough about. Like how how can we identify those biggest variance teams that have the most weighing on net zero players? So I had that assembled for um, the off-season rosters, but it hasn't been retallied yet to illustrate. Mm. Now, what you can do is you can you can go a couple tabs over on, on the master sheet here and go to offensive summary. Okay. And this shows you all 32 teams, each room, how they scale. But you can see New York Jets. Zach Wilson is an incomplete evaluation. He's a net right. zero player. Okay, then you go to the skill group. You have Elijah Moore, second-year player, incomplete evaluation, net zero player. Garrett Wilson's a rookie, net zero player. Brees Hall is a net zero player. Michael Carter's a second-year player, net zero player. Go to the offensive line. Elijah Vera Tucker is an incomplete evaluation. Their swing tackle is Max Mitchell. So they don't, they don't really get a lot of defined values there. And then you go defensively. Two of their top three pass rushers we're expecting this year are rookies in Jermaine Johnson and Michael Clemens. They're net zero players. Like right. it just continues for for this team where there's just not a lot of definitive talents to be declared. So you can see the visualization in our master sheet, and this will be the follow-up that comes is we will say, hey, these are the five teams that have the most ground to gain or to lose based on their cast and their roster who, as they build their resumes, will have enough information to definitively call them a quality starter or an adequate starter or maybe a player who's ideally a depth player instead. Would you mind doing the roster assessment summary again without the quarterbacks factored in? So you want me to remove quarterbacks once again? Yeah, because what stands out to me here is we talk about, and we've committed a lot of time on this podcast talking about how a quarterback is surrounded to succeed. And I get very disappointed when I look at the bottom here, right? And I, we say, we talk about these teams that without a quarterback adjustment are still at the bottom of the list. And we're talking about teams like the Giants who have to find out what they have in Daniel Jones this year. Chicago Bears, Justin Fields in, in year two. Davis Mills with Houston, right? Hey, like, let me let me ask you a question. Do you want to see this without the defensive side of the ball as well? Oh gosh. Yeah, and just look at offensive line and supporting cast? Right, I do. This see it's just a bad combination, man. What do you I, what are these guys supposed to go do? I can already tell you the Philadelphia Eagles had the best supporting cast in football. By far. Is that that old, the O-line and and man, yeah, weapons-wise they're they're really good. Wow. But look at the bottom. Well, and they, and they, they have the number one ranked offensive line, according to our film study as well. Uh, Raiders, the O-line's just that bad, huh? Correct. Because they've got good. I mean, Waller, Renfro. Oh, yeah. From a skill position standpoint, the Raiders are um, ninth in the league. Yeah. 
It's just the the offensive line in Las Vegas is abysmally bad, and I don't, I don't know how you can pick them to be a playoff team with the offensive line this poor. You know what else stands out to me here? And again, we're looking at just the offensive line and skill players. How about the Lions being as high as they are? Very I mean, well represented about- with the offensive line. I think that yeah. they are a top – I could pull it up. They are um, second best offensive line graded in our film study in the right. NFL. And, and offensive line carries uh, a, a heavier weight than your skill positions do, as you can see by the maximum number yeah. of points that you could get in, either, in both of those. Which tells me two things. Like, number one, Jared Goff, all right, bro. Like, it's all there. <laughs> go, go do what you need to right. do. But also – as we talk about a team being ready for a quarterback, that stands out to me as a big yes for Detroit. Like mm-hmm. If they don't see it with Jared Goff this year, all right, you, you got what you, you got what you need in place here to usher in and, and put this quarterback in a good environment to succeed right away. Now it's important to note that this this these rosters were locked on Monday at nine thirty a.m. So this is not reflective of Big V. Uh, Vitae was placed on IR. Uh, So they would not rank this highly with an updated snapshot. They would probably, they'd probably be fifth or sixth. And that's worth acknowledging too, because like Tampa Bay would have been a top three offensive line in football, but they lost Ryan Jensen for the vast majority of the year and they lost Aaron Stinney. So, I mean, they've, they've lost two interior starters up front. So because of that, Tampa Bay, when factoring in those losses, comes in in the middle of the pack, they're 15th. Very interesting. And then, man, you can just see. It's like, all right, it just makes sense. But, man, I I still can't get off the bottom here, Kyle. It's like, what are these quarterbacks supposed to do? These guys that have everything to prove in big opportunities. Daniel Daniel Jones. I mean, let's not – we cannot be shy. Uh, The the Giants' net return – I mean, the maximum number of points that you can get in this exercise is 35 points. If you had an elite player at every single – player on your roster you'd have 35 points uh the giants offensive line and skill players cumulative is zero mm. like they, they get no value with their offensive supporting cast whereas the philadelphia eagles uh 9.3 points bunch of teams in the sevens the sixes the giants zero zero legitimately zero points for their offensive supporting cast. And, and uh, Justin Fields, Davis Mills, Geno Smith, um, or Drew Locke. You know, Zach Wilson's still down here. And again, Zach Wilson, it's a lot of youth. And we you've talked a lot about the the perils of developing players around a developing quarterback. Oh, so that that's if you're if you're looking for a storyline to be concerned with with the Jets, that's probably a place that you would look. The Atlanta Falcons. Jacksonville, after all of this spending, is still kind of in the bottom third from an offensive supporting cast standpoint. How about the flip side of that where, okay, which team has gotten it right about their young quarterback, right, in terms of surrounding them? Like what stands out? I mean, Philly, obviously, right, like young quarterback Jalen Hurts. He's in a good spot to showcase what he's capable of doing, but like – What else stands out to you on that side of the coin where like we spent a lot of time talking about how these teams are busting these players, like which teams are not, which teams do you like what they have around this quarterback based on what this graph tells us? Well, uh, Cincinnati, you know, with the improvements that they made in their offensive line and Miami with the improvements they've made in both facets Mm -hmm. uh, are both top 
top 12 or so in just their skill groups. I know the Dolphins offensive line is like um, 18th. It's rated 18th in this exercise. And then their supporting cast, their skill group is, is rated third in the NFL. Makes sense. So uh, Cincinnati uh, fifth supporting cast and their offensive line is rated ninth. Uh, they, they have a rookie at Cordell Volson. It's starting at left guard, but Jonah Williams, Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, all rated as adequate level starters. And then Lyle Collins is a quality starter. Big, uh, when you think about Miami and Cincinnati, like a big contrast. And, and think about that. Miami is only at 18th, and they added Connor Williams and Taron Armstead, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, Liam, Liam Eikenberg's an incomplete get, evaluation. Right. Austin Jackson is a replacement-level player. And Robert Hunt graded as a quality starter. So, <laughs> what? we didn't do this last year, but my God. Oh, last, last year's group with Austin Jackson would have been an incomplete evaluation, so he would have scored better because he wouldn't have lost points. Mm. Uh, Liam Eikenberg was a rookie, so he'd still be a net zero player. Michael Dieter... Probably would have qualified as a quality depth player. Um, so he would have been worse off than, than Connor Williams, who's an adequate starter. Uh, Teron Armstead versus Jesse Davis. Jesse Davis is a replacement mm. level player versus a franchise cornerstone type talent in Teron Armstead. And Robert Hunt last year probably would have qualified as a, a second year player who played half the year at guard and half the year at tackle, probably as an incomplete evaluation. So they, I mean, they'd be. They'd be down here with the Giants, the Bears, the Seahawks for offensive line scores, which is close to zero. You want to look at more defense here? I feel like we've talked a lot of offense. Well, so I want to I want to do this exercise with you, and we'll All go right. back to the full thing. All right. But the question that I want to ask you is the same question that I asked uh, the premium Slack. Um, premium Slack, geez. Premium Discord. TDM Premium Discord. Sorry, Chris. He's shaking his head in disgust. So if you look at Tier 3, there's Tier 4, Tier 5, and Tier 6. Tier 6 mm-hmm. is your bottom two teams that, that mm-hmm. don't even get out of double digits out of a possible 35 points, right? Not good teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, not good rosters, I should say. Tier 4 starts with Carolina. So that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 teams. Almost half the league. Mm-hmm. Tiers 4, 5, and 6. How many teams do you think you make the playoffs out of that group? Ooh, so Carolina down? Yes. I would say maybe two. Maybe. Maybe. If you who put it at one and a half. Who, who, who compels you out of that group? Those, those three tiers. Uh, Carolina. They, they compel me. Okay, so the very top team in tier four. Yeah, it's it's the first five. It's Carolina, Arizona, the Raiders, Commanders, Detroit, and some of and, and a large four of those five are NFC teams, and I think that speaks to the NFC, right? Yeah, that's why yeah, I can be convinced of six different options for the three wild card teams right now, mm-hmm. and that's why I like I, that's why I didn't want to dismiss Washington or Detroit. Look at I their think there's de- a path. Look look at their defensive distribution. Which would be the is of the red the red. Yeah. Significant. They, they they might have the worst. Yeah, let, you know what? Let's do it. 
we'll take a look. And everybody, remember, when you go to the Draft Network, you can see this chart and you can see these visuals yourself. Let's just look. We'll get rid of special teams. Let's just do defense. I think they're last. Yes. Best defenses in football in accordance to this exercise. The LA Chargers, the Green Bay Packers, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Cleveland Browns, the Buffalo Bills, the Miami Dolphins, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Detroit, worst defense. Yeah, but that checks out. That was my big thing, right? Remember when I got done with, I did their Detroit Lions roster presentation and we kind of sat here on this podcast like, we're in on this team. I'm like, Man, I don't like their linebackers. Man, I don't like their DBs. Um, and really, I mean, just we got to learn a lot about some of this D-line, too. Like, there's a lot that has to come together there. Right. I mean, and, and if you're looking for um, players on the defense who qualified as adequate quality, adequate or quality starters and roster cornerstones on the defensive side of the ball, you have Tracy Walker, Deshaun Elliott, Michael Brockers, Aleem McNeil, and Amani Oyori. That's it. Right. And those aren't those aren't those aren't probably those are probably yellows. And I say that because those, those are all yellows. There is there is yeah. not a single player who's yeah. classified as a quality starter right now right. in the Detroit. There's some adequate de- starters. Defensive death chart. Those are all adequate starters. Now you might get a quality starter in Aiden Hutchinson. Sure. Malcolm Rodriguez is certainly exciting everybody. But Jeff Akuda, if he comes together this sure. year. Sure, and Jeff Akuda is an incomplete evaluation, so right. there, there's mobility here for him to declare himself. But like that's that's the fun part is, it again, it's those net zero players. Are you going to come in and are you going to be a positive asset or are you going to be a negative asset? Because mm-hmm. Detroit needs those guys to all be positive assets for them to make the jump. Uh, and if they don't, if they struggle, you just really don't feel like they necessarily have the horses on that side of the ball. To, to hold up this year. I mean, you want to talk about net zero. I'm guessing Jacksonville is another one of those teams <laughs> as well with the amount of rookies that they're counting for, specifically on defense. I know not so much on offense, but with, with Walker and um, Tyson Campbell, still a young player, Devin Lloyd. Here's, here's the difference for Jacksonville. Jacksonville has three quality starters designated on their roster. And Shaq Josh Griffin, Allen. Josh Allen, and Darius Williams. Yeah. That in itself is enough to push them in front of a handful of teams. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that linebacker group being as young as they are is kind of an unknown variable for that football team as well. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the chart back up to reflect the full full list for any parting thoughts that you have as we look at the 2022. First ever TDN roster power rankings to mark the start of the season. It passes the sniff test for me. Like I feel, I feel like this is very reasonable. Um, and in where you 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 start to go, well, wait, why is that team there? You you you're reminded of the weighted parts of the positions, and it looks good to me. I guess. The Raiders are a team that stands out a little bit. You know, there's a lot of excitement there, but they mm-hmm. have some fatal flaws on that roster, man. Like with that interior offensive line, with that secondary, you know, those are those are very, and, very and questionable things. Their interior defensive line, too. 
know that you you got really good edge guys in Crosby and Chandler Jones, but the rest of that group in the middle is not particularly dynamic. Well, San Francisco is also interesting to me as well. Like, obviously, an incomplete situation at quarterback. Yep. Some blue chip talent, right? In terms of McGlinchey, Debo Samuel, um, Nick Bosa, Trent Trent Williams, Fred Warner, Fred Warner, right? But it's like, look at their secondary. Look at their interior offensive line. You know, those are those kind of spoil to me a lot of what that team offers from a complete roster perspective. Yeah i I would be I would be willing to bet we you don't get more than one playoff team outside of the top three tiers, which is Buffalo at the top down through New England. Say that one more time. You don't get... I don't think you will have more than one playoff team in tier four and down. So those those 19 teams in tiers one, two, and three, I would be willing to bet all but maybe one of your playoff teams at the end of the year fall into this. And that would be my expectation based on the exercise and the spirit of the exercise, which is to quantify the caliber of the rosters that all the teams are working with. Right. Right. Super cool. Awesome project, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for everybody to take a look today. So go over to the draftnetwork.com and check it out. Thanks to our friends over at Bet Online for their continued support of the show. Kyle Krabs, Joe Murray, and Chris Schubert. Make it a great Thursday. NFL football is back. It starts tonight. Rams, Bills. We know you'll be dialed in. So will we. Make it a great rest of your day, and we'll talk with you all again tomorrow. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you were at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.